It's religion today, it's ideology today, and our secularist friends also have a faith. Some kind of Disneyland fantasy. I know how this is going to get heard in the secular world. Where the pseudo-Christian masks are off. That's nonsense, ladies and gentlemen. Apologetics isn't just about giving answers to other people's questions. It's also about learning to question other people's answers or even question the question itself. In a Christian worldview. Well, welcome to Quantum number 268, Quantum podcast that looks at news and views from throughout the world. We uh, try and look at different countries and different subjects and follow up from earlier events. And we rely a lot on you sending in information and news and comments and everything else. But we're going to begin with... Uh, our country this week and it's obviously been in the news but here's their national anthem let's see if you can work out which country it is is the National Anthem of Morocco. It sounds like a proper national anthem. I was surprised to discover that the Kingdom of Morocco only gained its independence in 1956. That music was written by Leo Morgan and the final Arabic lyrics by Al-Squali Hussani in 1970. Very grandiose, beautiful words actually. Fountain of freedom, source of light, where sovereignty and safety meet. Safety and sovereignty may you ever combine. You have lived among nations with titles sublime, filling each heart, sung by each tongue, and so on. Uh, Morocco, officially the Kingdom of Morocco, it's in North Africa, of course, overlooks the Mediterranean Sea to the north and the Atlantic Ocean to the west. It's got land borders with Algeria to the east, and most significantly, the large territory of Western Sahara to the south, which it claims. They also claim several Spanish islands. So it's a, it's a large country with a population of around 37 million. What surprised me is it's got the fifth largest economy in Africa and has a significant influence. What didn't surprise me is that it is 99.6% Muslim. The capital is Rabat, and the largest city is Casablanca, which means I have to play this. But what about us? We'll always have Paris. We didn't have, we, we lost it until you came to Casablanca. We got it back last night. And I said I would never leave you. And you never will. But I've got a job to do too. Where I'm going, you can't follow. What I've got to do, you can't be any part of. I'm no good at being noble, but it doesn't take much to see that the problems of three little people don't amount to a hill of beans in this crazy world. Someday you'll understand that. Now, now. He's looking at you, kid. That's Humphrey Brogart and Ingrid Bergman. Here's looking at you, kid. One of the most... Uh, one of the most brilliant 
films, I think. Uh, the I think in 1942, was it 43, Casablanca. Uh, a fascinating fact from Morocco for a North African Islamic country is that on the 10th of December 2020, uh, Israel and Morocco signed a normalization agreement. And Morocco resumed diplomatic relations with Israel. The United States was a signatory to this as well. And then Morocco is just a, a, a great tourist destination. Uh, my own daughter was there this year. Um, I'd love to go and visit it, actually. It it's, sounds a fascinating place. Um, one of its main cities, Marrakesh. Well, do you recognize this song? Sweeping cobwebs from the edges of my mind to get away to see what we could find Hope the days that lie ahead Bring us back to where they've led Listen up to what's been said to you Don't you know we're riding On the Marrakesh Express Don't you know we're riding On the Marrakesh Express They're taking me to Marrakesh All on board the train All on board If you're an aging hippie, Crosby, Stills, Nash and Young, all aboard the Marrakesh Express. But Morocco has been in the news recently because uh, a week ago there was a 6.8 magnitude earthquake that hit Morocco, killing more than 2,800 people and injuring thousands. It was just about 70 kilometres southwest of Marrakesh. It's interesting some people have been asking, these two huge earthquakes, so there's one in Turkey and there's one in Syria, why didn't anyone know they were coming? Um, actually, the, the, the Syrian Turk, uh, earthquakes were larger, magnitudes of 7.8 and 7.7. Um, there, there have been lots of claims on media that it was known and people should have let people know but. No, we don't know. It, it, it's been very, very difficult to predict uh, earthquakes. And incidentally, uh, not even the most ardent uh, climate change advocates would say that earthquakes were caused by climate change. Although, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe some of you can show me some who are arguing this. Uh, I've, I've found that climate change has been blamed for absolutely everything. Um even for COVID, but we won't go there. Oh, so we it's it's a, a dreadful situation, both Syria and in Morocco. And uh, we pray for these countries. Okay, I want to do some follow-up from uh, previous weeks. The first, uh, I've been reading some articles about the Canadian Catholic schools. Now, this is an astonishing story, and again... The newspapers and media outlets that covered this really do need to correct this. So I'm going to leave Andrew Bolt on Sky News to explain it to you because I think he summed this up really well. So this is a wee bit lengthy, but just you'll see what I mean. Last year, the ABC reported shocking claims. The remains of 215 children had been found at the Kamloops Indian Residential School in Canada and were now being identified as Indigenous children allegedly dumped in unmarked graves at a Catholic school, stolen children that, had some, that some activists claimed were murdered. 
children that our taxpayer-funded conversation website claimed had died a political death and been disappeared. Well, in Canada, those claims proved explosive. Protesters burned down a number of churches, not just Catholic ones, and tore down statues of Queen Victoria and even of Queen Elizabeth, who some activists falsely claimed have visited the school and could be behind these horrible crimes. The Queen can visit visit for about three days, uh, two, three days, I don't know how long it was, I think it was about three days actually, and a lot of children went missing there. Prime Minister Justin Trudeau, that woke flake, didn't question a word of this story. He said it actually showed a dark and shameful chapter in Canadian history, told the Catholic Church to step up and ordered national flags to be flown at half-mast. They even seemed to excuse the church burning. It is unacceptable uh, and wrong that acts of uh, vandalism and arson uh, are, uh, are being seen across the country, including against Catholic churches. One of my reflections is I understand the anger that's out there against the federal government, against institutions like the Catholic Church. It is uh, real and it is fully understandable. The Vancouver Art Gallery, meanwhile, laid out 215 pairs of children's shoes as a memorial. Police protests, even school children, wore and tied orange ribbons in honour of the supposed dead. And I say supposed because not a single one of those 215 bodies has actually been found. Not one! You see, this whole story started when an activist anthropology lecturer announced it should use ground-penetrating radar to find evidence of a mass grave at this form of school, but the results weren't certain, she said. The bodies need to be dug up. The media didn't wait, of course, though, to treat speculation as fact, but now it seems the so-called bodies detected by this activist are just radar findings of tree roots and other soil disturbances. Now, it's true that some of the students who attended this school died almost all from TB or influenza. 17 died at the hospital there, eight on their own reservations during the holidays, and there's 23 we don't know about. But they died in Indian territory. It's hardly likely that wicked nuns killed them and hid them and no one knew. In fact, you can find a number of prominent Canadian Indians praising this school, including the first female chief in Canada's Northwest Territories, who said the years there were the best of her life. So now what? Do the statues go back up? Does the Prime Minister apologise for promoting what may in fact be a hoax and a smear of the Catholic Church? And does the ABC at least correct the record and admit that this story of Catholic horror was as dodgy as it smears of Cardinal George Pell. Now, as I said, that is an absolutely astonishing story. That there are many people who believe that Canadian Catholic schools, or even even in that instance, one man more or less saying the Queen was involved in killing, um, killed hundreds of children. And that was on the basis of, quote-unquote, an expert's view of uh, satellite photograph, really, or ground imaging, and it's it's turned out to be false. I mean, at the time, we said we would need to see more evidence, but everyone said, oh, the, you know, churches were burnt down, Trudeau, and, and so on. You, you, well, you heard the story. Astonishing. Maybe they need something like BBC Verify. Remember this? 
I'm Mariana Spring. I'm the BBC's first ever uh, specialist disinformation and social media reporter. And what that means uh, is that I investigate the human cost of online conspiracy theories, trolling, abuse, disinformation, uh, social media investigations in general. Uh, and I've been very busy during the pandemic. Here's our specialist now, disinformation report. Who checks the fact checkers? Well, BBC Verify was launched to combat fake news. Um, now, it's, it's received some criticism because it's not checked its own blunders, such as the reporting on Nigel Farage and Coots. But Mariana Spring, who you heard there herself, this is, this is almost parody. She was caught embellishing her CV when applying for a job in 2018. Um she wanted to work as a Moscow stringer for the US-based outlet Coda Story, and she said on her CV that she reported on international news during the World Cup, specifically the perception of Russia, with BBC correspondent Sarah Rainsford. But that was completely false. She'd only met Rainsford a couple of times on social occasions. Spring insists she's a brilliant reporter, nothing like blowing your own trumpet and apologising for the blunder. But the point is, you have a fact-checker who lied on her own CV. How, how does that work? I, I mean, that's just an astonishing story. And here's another one in terms of fact-checking. We mentioned The Voice last week. Well, he, there's a, been a controversy in Australia this week because one of the advocates of The Voice, Professor Marcia Langton, here she is. Every time the no case raises one of their arguments, if you start pulling it apart, you get down to base racism. I'm sorry to say it. Now there's been huge uproar from people saying, who, who are supporting The Voice very strongly, no, 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 she didn't, she didn't say people were racist or stupid. And the way they're trying to qualify it is this. What they're saying is she said that the tactics used by the No campaign were racist or stupid. Now, there are several problems with that, logically. First of all, she actually has said and said it at other times. So at one point, for example, she said that the 20% hard No people were basically racist and stupid. But you see, what she's saying here is that the No campaign are using tactics which are racist and therefore appeal to racists, or they would appeal to people who are too stupid to see they're racist. We, we saw the same tactic used in the Brexit debate when the kind of cultural elites, who of course were all for the EU, implied that anyone who voted for Brexit was going to be you know, racist or ignorant. And that's how these things are used. I remember in a church assembly once, a man... And I remember challenging him and saying that he had accused somebody... Uh, of an adultery. And he said, no, I did not say that. I did not say that. And then he said these words. He said, I said that he had an affair. Well, he didn't say the words, he's guilty of adultery. But if you say someone has an affair, you're saying they're guilty of adultery. That's the same thing. And I think that's, been, that's happening here as well. Now, another thing that is happening that I, I found quite astonishing. This is from Victoria, and it's to do with duck hunting. I was going to play some duck hunting sounds or music, but I, 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 it was just too much. They were just too funny. Um, there is a state parliamentary report here in the state of Victoria, which says, 300-page long report, it says 
that um, duck hunting or bird hunting is going to be banned unless you're a traditional owner, you're Aboriginal, you come from an, uh, an Aboriginal cultural heritage. My fear is that this is part of the just increasing div- racial division that will be caused in society. So basically, if you want to go duck hunting, just say you're indigenous and you should be okay. <laughs> I just, how, how, why would you ban duck hunting? And why would you say that it's evil to hunt ducks unless you're Aboriginal? Listen, pal. Let's discuss this thing sanely, huh? Look, I tell you what. You go your way, and I'll go mine. Live and let live. Right? Right. Ladies and gentlemen... Okay, let's do some world news. Um, I think it's highly significant that... Putin and Kim Jong Un are meeting in Russia. They're not meeting in Moscow. They're meet- Russia is such a huge country. They're meeting in the far east of the country. And then uh, I think the other item of major world news is uh, tied in with Morocco as well. This is just such a huge thing. Um, listen to this from the BBC. When the storm came, fractured Libya was ill-prepared. Half a year's rainfall fell in just 24 hours. In daylight, as much as a quarter of the port city of Derna is revealed to be gone. Engulfed by flood water after two mountain dams failed. Families were washed out to sea as they slept. The grim work to retrieve the lost is underway. Locals working alongside the army are helping to remove the dead, which now number in their thousands. Bodies are being washed ashore by the dozens. That is the Libyan floods. Now, there have been floods in Greece as well without the same loss of life. But what has caused this with the Libyan floods? Well, the number one reason is the collapse of dams. And these dams, two dams, over 10 years ago, in 2011, it was warned that they were in danger. But of course, Libya has been in a state of chaos since we attacked it and took out Gaddafi. And there's been a war ongoing since then civil war. But it's a horrific situation. No warning for these people. The dams burst and they're just swept out their homes and so many have been killed, perhaps up to 20,000, though the actual figure at the moment is 10,000. And sometimes I wonder about this, you know, and I think about all of this from a Christian perspective. And uh, I think of Matthew 24, verse 6, when Jesus says, This is his comment. You will hear of wars and rumors of wars, but see to it that you are not alarmed. Such things must happen, but the end is still to come. Nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines and earthquakes in various places. All these are the beginning of birth pains. Persecution. Then there will be persecution. He goes on to say that. What is happening in the world? Whatever's causing these different things are the birth pains of the new creation. In Romans 8, it's the the whole creation groaning, waiting for the children of God to be revealed. Okay, um, the woke world. I won't say too much uh, this week about that, but uh, (laughs) this, of course, academics at the University of Leicester. Of course, where else? Uh, I've got, they've got it. Museums should be places where children can explore gender identity. Um, 
it's saying that they need to look at confusing new legal protections for gender-critical beliefs and awkward conversations about women's rights. Cultural attractions should be places not just where trans kids can go, but where they want to go. Uh, signs and flags allow children to feel museums are places they can explore. And so on. Yeah. It's warning of a climate fear. You know, this is coming in absolutely everywhere. Last week we saw it was Kew Gardens. This week, all, all museums. There's a section on dealing with hypothetical scenarios within museum management uh, where someone refuses to use preferred pronouns. Or if a member of staff at the museum has been expressing gender-critical beliefs in the staff room. That is, if you think a woman is a woman and that a man cannot become a woman, you're dodgy. You're dodgy. Our, our whole elites, as we see, have been taken over by this. All right, let's say something about sport. Um, this man just goes on. Novak, 50 years ago at the U.S. Open, Margaret Court won number 24. Total different era. You've come through the golden era. You have 24. What does it mean? <laughs> well, uh, I don't know where to start. Um, it obviously means the world to me. Um, you know, I'm kind of repeating myself, but uh, I have to have to say it every time that I'm really living my childhood dream, you know, to compete at uh, the highest level in the sport that uh, has given me and my family so much, uh, you know, coming from a very difficult circumstances and adversities during 90s, couple of wars in our country and being able to, to push that through, uh, especially for my parents, um, giving a lot of sacrifice to support me to play. I love you. Thank you so much. That's Novak Djokovic. I, I love the fact that Moderna have a, a shot of the, the championship or whatever. And it was Djokovic. Um, Djokovic, of course, famous for having refused to take the vaccine and being remarkably healthy. Uh, banned from Australia uh, for that. And that's him now won his 24th Grand Slam. I, I think he's just, well, he's heading towards being the greatest player of all time. There are some other sports things. Uh, we have to say this about the Scottish football team. Five games in a row, top of, of their league. Now, only Scotland could screw it up from here. We need a draw, I think, to get to the finals, the European finals. But Scotland lost England uh, in a friendly this week as well. It was never a good thing. Speaking of England, the English cricket team, Ben Stokes, amazing cricketer, scored 182 in the third one-day international against New Zealand. And then the Rugby World Cup, that's ongoing at the moment. Uh, the South Africans, the favourites, pretty well hammered Scotland. Um, the Fijians were unlucky to lose to Wales. Um, watch it, rugby Rugby at this level is, is brutal but brilliant. Now, I've uh, started a new thing where an album, we're looking at an album, I've been listening to an album, just a, a whole album all the way through. Try it, it's wonderful. And I've also had the scripture and song thing. And somebody, I'm also combining this with a recommendation that one of you sent to me. And it's, it is to do with this band. The winner of the 2023 Mercury Prize with Free Now is Ezra Collective for their album 
where I'm meant to be. Wow. Well, first of all, let me thank God, because if a jazz band winning the Mercury Prize doesn't make you believe in God, I don't know what will. You hear what I'm saying, fam? Secondly, I need to think, it's five of us represented here right now, but Ezra Collective represents an entire family. Do you hear what I'm saying? So, we need to make some noise for our super mum, our manager. Make some noise for Amy real quickly. Come on! This is not just a result for Ezra Collective. This is not just a result for UK Jazz. But this is a special moment for every single organization across the, the country plowing their efforts and time into young people playing music. You hear what I'm saying? So big up tomorrow's Warriors. Big up Connecticut Blocko. Big up the Brit School. I love that line that um, a jazz band winning the Mercury Prize would make you believe in God. But they're not just a jazz band. They're a Christian jazz band. They've grown out of a church youth group. I believe yeah. the two main guys in it, their father is the pastor. The album, Where I'm Meant uh, to Be, is superb and absolutely deserved to win it. So that is my album of the week. That's what I've been listening to. Loving it, absolutely enjoying it. And here's a little taste of it. We know they don't do it like this, they know we know they don't do it like this, uh Got sound but it ain't like this, got jazz but I know it ain't nothing like this Listen to this. Neighbors. Everybody needs good neighbors. Just a friendly wave each morning. Helps to make a better day. Neighbors need to get to know each other. Next door is only a footstep. That's Neighbours. Now, I have, I have a confession to make. Uh, I think when I was minister in Brora, I think I'd got out of the habit by the time I was Dundee, but I'd come home at lunchtime or come in from studying and or visiting people and... Uh, I'd put on Neighbours for 20 minutes. Why? Because it was just brain-dead stuff. It was it was an, a, a nice way just to relax for 20 minutes. And it was a fairly wholesome show. Um, incredibly popular 
in in Britain, um, I clo- uh, you know, it drew about twenty million viewers. Just extraordinary. That's in the UK alone. Now, Channel Five decided to cancel it in July of last year after thirty-seven years on British TV, and so that was the end of it. But apparently, Amazon Freeview or Freevee, I think it is, streaming service. Uh, it's back this coming Monday. Uh, I won't be watching it for several reasons. Um, one is this, that I think it's it's going to outdo itself to be the wokest um, soap opera, and that's really saying something. So, uh, New Neighbours will include the Varga Murphy family, which features two mums, Cara, played by actress Sarah West, and Remy, played by Naomi Rukavina. Kara is white, Rima is multiracial, they have two sons, JJ and Dex. Um, <laughs> oh, dear me. You know, the, As well as a biracial gay couple with two children, they'll also feature a transgender character, a male gay couple, and a lesbian singleton. There you go. That's inclusivity for you. I'm just wondering how many Christians will be featured in this. Just wondering how many normal people will be featured in it. But one thing they have promised is they're going to feature sizzling sex scenes. Um, Because they're no longer constrained by the rules of terrestrial television. And they've appointed intimacy coordinators so that these highly paid professional sex experts are hired to make sure consent is acknowledged during the intricately choreographed and staged sex scenes. Yeah. Still doesn't stop it being exploitative. And then culturally, let's listen to this. Now I understand What you tried to say to me And how you suffered for your sanity And how you tried to set them free They would not listen, they did not know how Perhaps they'll listen for they could not love you But still your love was true And when no hope was left inside On that starry, starry night You took your life as lovers often do But I could have told you, Vincent This world was never meant for one as beautiful That's Don McLean, uh, Starry Night, or the song Vincent, rather, um, about Van Gogh. Well, I think this is an incredible story. I heard this during the week, and I've checked it, and it obviously is is true. Um, three years ago, a painting by Van Gogh was stolen from Museum at Midnight. Uh, the painting Spring Garden, uh, it's... Parsage Garden at Nguyen in spring painting. It's worth around, what, $5 million, they reckon. Uh, and a, an, an art detective called Arthur Brand has found it, or at least it was delivered to him. Um, just absolutely quite extraordinary. A bit of sad news. This is from my uh, home city of Dundee. Always love to go to Dundee Contemporary Arts. Um, 
the Duke Cafe was superb. Some of the art ex- exhibitions were a bit odd. Some were brilliant. The cinema was fabulous. Myself and Annabelle used to go every Friday or Saturday night. Um, and they are warning that they may have to shut down. To me, this is part of the general decline within Scotland. Uh, the DCA director, Beth Bate, has told MSPs in Holyrood that it may have to draw on the last of its reserves. Well, I think that's incredibly sad, and I'll tell you why. Because I think the arts are in, really important, and having public spaces like the DCA, which combine contemporary art, cinema, places to meet, and so on, I think are hugely significant for communities. And I hope that really doesn't happen. Okay, we were looking at the top 20 children's books. We've come to number one. I wonder if you can guess what it is from this. Wild thing, I think I love you. But I want to know for sure. Come on, hold me tight. The Trogs, uh, Wild Thing. The book is the classic Where the Wild Things Are. Uh, Maurice Sendick's very short book, but beautifully or powerfully illustrated. The tale of Max as he goes on a journey of discovery encountering the wild things. It's a dark fable, but ultimately uplifting. We're at Seek Chapter 8, and the question is on abortion. This was the question I was asked. As abortion is regarded as a sin and the murder of the unborn by people such as yourself, why do evangelical preachers like you not push for widespread effective contraception to be made freely available? Is abortion a sin if the mother would die because of the pregnancy? And looking at Psalm 139, we look at that question, we discuss it, we recommend further reading. And again, it's just a hugely significant issue, which, uh, again, our young people are being incredibly confused about by what they're hearing in the media and on school. So go and get Seek and give your young people a copy. And, you know, speaking of young people, Part of this, uh, there's a poll that's found that nine out of ten, seven to twenty-one year olds, are worried or anxious. This is, and only seventeen percent of that age group now feel very happy, compared with forty percent in two thousand and nine. One girl says this: "I am scared our world will fall into ruins and we won't be able to do anything about it." Well, if you've got earthquakes, if you've got all these disasters, if you've got wars, if you've got all these things we've been looking at. If you've got this great moral confusion, if you can't even say what a girl is, then no wonder that mental health is being impacted. And we do need good news. 
And here's, I'm, I'm using them again because I just thought, again, this was wonderful. Brilliant interview between Oliver Anthony and Jordan Peterson. But this is how it began. You know, I've had people say that I'm a fence sitter and that I, I need to have some sort of call to action. And I guess like if there's anything that I would respond to that with, a Pharisee asked Jesus, teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is love your neighbor as yourself. If we could learn to make that our priority, it would resolve a lot of the conflicts that have become like way overcomplicated, you know? And that's a great message for us. Um, it's interesting that later on, it says, he talks about, I think it's Peterson who says that people die without good music. Well, there's a band that's produced some really good music. Um, you'll know who this is. At least I hope you'll know who this is. And if you don't, you're in for a treat. In the distance, day was dawning, comes to me the early morning. Something tells me that I'm going home Brand new sun was shining bright From the darkness fields of light Something tells me that I'm going home Going home When the summer
Nance Runring, that's one of those songs that really pulls at my heart and, you know, my soul going home. Um, I've been thinking about Edinburgh University recently because I've had to get a transcript of my time there, applying for visas and so on. And I remember leaving Edinburgh University and heading to the Highlands and always, always, before I left my room, I would play that song and we'd play it uh, on the train as well. Um, well, I'm playing that because Bruce Guthrow of Runrig has died. Um, and I'm going to leave you with a song, not from Runrig, but he did ch- before he died. Uh, I found this just incredibly moving. Um, I want to thank those of you who are listening to this and who've written to me. Um, I love brother who wrote thanks for the we flee podcast i really appreciate it thanks for standing up for the truth of jesus and for shining a light on the darkness god bless you brother well god bless you and uh thanks to peter for producing this if you want to support the fundraiser uh please go to the podbean fundraiser and you can get all of this information and links and everything else on the you can also write me at theweefly at gmail.com so here is Bruce Guthrow. He was announcing, this was in July of this year. Now, he's just died. He was ill, and he couldn't go to a festival. And he wrote this song, and I just found the whole of this incredibly moving. And so I thought I'd share it with you. So God bless you, and see you next week. Um, Bye. This is a brand new song for you called Can I Get an Amen? Uh, enjoy the rest of the weekend. And again, God willing, we'll see you next year. It's a little late, and I'm a little drunk And I don't deserve your time for things I've done But I'm told that you are true To anyone who opens up their heart to you Now I find it hard to do that mind's been beaten down but then you could help me find a door somewhere to let you in You know I would So can I get an amen? Can I get a hello? Can I get a it'll be okay? The truth be told, Lord, I could use a friend Can I get a hang on? Can I get a let go? Can I get a it's not too late? Put this bottle down and raise my hand Can I get an amen? Mm, Can I get an amen? So can you hear? Can you hear my prayer? You told me if I knocked you'd be there I've lost my way Lately I haven't done a damn thing in your name Yeah, it's been far too long since I stepped in a church I still believe your father built the heavens and the earth I know you love this world so much you gave your life My God, 
Can I get an amen? Can I get a hello? Truth be told, Lord, I could use a friend. Can I get a hang on? Can I get a let go? Can I get a it's not too late? Put this bottle down and raise my hand. Can I get an amen? Can I get an amen? Let's hear every voice out there tonight. Can I get an amen? Sing it, sing it up. I want to hear you down on the door legs here in Cape Breath. Can I get an amen? That sounds so good. Can I get an amen? Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Can I get an amen? Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Can I get an amen? Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses. Can I get an amen? As we forgive those who trespass against us. Can I get an amen? And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Can I get an amen? For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory. Can I get an amen? Forever and ever, world without end. Can I get an amen? 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 God bless you, everybody. I hope to see you next year. Cheers, everybody.